0: Hey, welcome, welcome everybody to Check the Mark. I'm Mark Lucero, thanks for joining me. We are coming off one of the best weeks of the year on the calendar if you're a fan of United States tennis. Before we get to that, on today's show, I have Shelby Rogers. Shelby is someone that I worked with for about five years. Over the course of that five years, we really stuck together and thick and thin from some great moments like a French Open quarterfinal to a potentially career-ending knee injury and into her getting all the way back to the very top of the game, which has been super fun to see. So I'm excited to chat with her later on today. Like I said, we just passed maybe the best week of the calendar year, if you're a fan of American tennis, the men's event in Houston, the women's event in Charleston. These are probably the two best events on the calendar that are single gender events that are men-only or women-only. I wish there was a way to combine them, maybe have a Houston combined event followed by a Charleston combined event or vice versa, because it would be so cool to have a two-week clay court swing in the United States. It'd be cool for the fans, be great for the American players. Let's show the top players to more kids. Let's get more kids inspired. Let's drive more eyeballs to the game. We need to create a market and appetite for tennis in the United States that is sustainable. This was my first trip to Houston. River Oaks Country Club, you know, a storied, storied club. Awesome fans from Qualies through the end of the week, from the first match of the day to the last match. The, the fans were out and the fans were supportive. The fans, they know the players. It's a huge, huge home advantage for the American players there. You know, the fans are out at the practice courts. They're mingling. There's, you know, the famous white party, which I did not go to, but you know what? It's an event, and you'll hear this repeated later by Shelby. We need to make these tournaments events. I mean, the people are there partying, they're drinking, the club members. It's an awesome atmosphere. I mean, I had this lady in the front row who was repeating everything I was saying. Not that I coached during matches, but I was, you know, if I tell Steve to be aggressive, this lady would be like, Yes, yeah, Steve, aggressive. And <laughs> it was just, it was classic, but it was great. The fans were involved and the fans were engaged. In addition, there's great golf there. Awesome golf course. I got to play on one of my last days there ticked off a nice little roster this year of golf courses just for those that are interested. But played some pretty good golf there. And it was really fun because I had my family out there for the weekend. So it was cool to have them there exploring some parts of Houston away from the court. At the same time though, I was missing Charleston. Charleston's always one of my favorite weeks of the year going there in the past couple of years. Ben Navarro bought the sanction for the tournament. He's joined forces with the team that runs the event, Bob Moran, Eleanor Adams, who are really truly some of the best in the business. Because they put out a great event for the fans, but they also are very, very player-facing in nearly everything they do. Which is a huge, huge thing that you feel if you go there as a player, as a coach, or someone on the player support team. So that is a super cool event. Both cities, I think, could really support potentially combined events. And I think it'd be unbelievable if we continue this trend of new events popping up in the United States. As we've seen with Austin austin a women's only event will take place in february in the lead up to indian wells it'll follow i believe the events in mexico one of the things in the tennis news that people who pay attention to the game probably have been keeping an eye on has been the usta's search for a new ceo the previous ceo michael dallas was only in that position for a few months i don't want to say less than a year maybe he took over mid-pandemic and Announced his potential resignation in December. There has been a hunt over the last few months for his replacement. And today it's been leaked out that the new CEO will be Lou Sher, who's been the CEO, excuse me, the Chief Revenue Officer, the CRO. And it makes sense. Obviously, it's been widely publicized the debt that the USTA has incurred over the last couple of years, you know, having a pandemic US Open, a recovering pandemic US Open, you know, one thing after another, and all on the heels of a massive construction project in Lake Nona. I am thinking, and I'm sure the thinking is, with his appointment to the position, he will continue to monetize USTA properties and have that as a priority and to help them get back into the black. So congratulations to Lou On his new job and hoping that he steers the USTA in a direction that is favorable for all its constituents and stakeholders, players, rec players, and fans of tennis in general. I want to get to the interview with Shelby right now. Shelby is coming to us from Asheville, North Carolina. That's where the United States is playing Ukraine this weekend in the Billie Jean King Cup, the Billie Jean King Cup, formerly Fed Cup. Shelby was part of the United States championship team a couple years ago, I believe that was 2017. They won a huge, huge match in Belarus, in Minsk. That was an incredible trip that I will always remember. She won the deciding match along with her partner, Coco Vandewey. They beat the team of Sabalenka and, I wanna say maybe Saznovich, that could be wrong. But uh, man, it came down to the last match. It was an incredible atmosphere just want to say before we get to Shelby, I'm going to steer clear of anything political, talking about everything that goes along with playing Ukraine right now. Obviously, everyone is on the same page. Nearly everybody is on the same page with regards to this conflict in Ukraine. And this essentially is illegal and reprehensible invasion by Russia of a sovereign country. So just going to leave it there. I'm not going to talk about that with Shelby. They're just going to focus on tennis. These are tennis players as the Ukrainian players are. They're just there. They want to focus on tennis as well. So without further ado, let's get to Shelby Rogers. All right. Joining us now on Check the Mark. I'm really happy to have uh, Shelby Rogers. Shelby, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me today.
0: So Shelby, tell us where you are. Tell us what you're up to and uh, give us the, uh, give us the update.
1: So I'm currently in Asheville, North Carolina, getting prepared for Billie Jean King Cup for Team USA, um, which is one of my favorite things to do. I love playing for USA. It's such an honor and it's so fun to have that team atmosphere and all, you know, we all come together and have a lot of fun. Um, And then I'll head back to Florida for a few days and get ready for the European swing after this.
0: Awesome. So before we get to, you know, the ins and outs of Billie Jean King Cup. Last week was Charleston. That's a week that's normally really, really special to you. How was it to be (laughs) back there? There was a brand new stadium this year, like a really built out infrastructure. How is that returning there this year?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I feel um, very grateful to be one of the few players on tour that has a tournament in their hometown. So it's always really special. I get to see friends and family, you know, stay at home, um, hang out with my family be there just have all those memories from my childhood and it's really really special and this year was no different I feel that this tournament in particular every single year they just continue to raise the bar and there's no secret that on tour all the players love going there and it's definitely a favorite amongst the players and I feel like this year with the new stadium and I mean the fans the atmosphere it was absolutely incredible I think one thing that really stood out was the fan support because the last two years they haven't been able to go see the tennis in Charleston. So I think everyone was super excited this year. They've been missing the tournament for a couple of years, you know, cause of COVID protocol, they weren't able to come watch before. So this year, everybody was really excited. I mean, the stands were packed. My uh, coach that was there with me said the first day of qualies, he was like this place, this looks like the main draw of a slam. The first day of qualies. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. I think they did just an incredible job.
0: Yeah. You know, it's one of the things that I've been telling people, you know, on the ATP tour after going there, you know, four or five times with you, I, I'm telling everyone, you guys have to see Charleston. This place is mad <laughs> for tennis. And maybe the best you know, staff, like the the infrastructure for the staff on tour with Bob Moran and Eleanor Adams joining forces with, you know, with Mr. Navarro, like what a, what a team leading the show.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's very evident the passion that's behind the event, whether it's behind the scenes or the fans or the players that come there. It just uh, is a really nice feeling for everyone when you get there and the hospitality is amazing. And then now with the new stadium. So they kept sort of the shell of the old stadium and just added onto it, added a bunch of upgrades really nice suites. All of the player areas are in that stadium now. Um, There's even a golf simulator that we could, you know, practice on in our free time in the player lounge. The food was amazing. And I think the VIP experience was definitely leveled up too. So they didn't leave any stone unturned. And they thought of all the small details because in Charleston, The tennis tournament, you go there, yes, the tennis is amazing, but there's so much to do outside on the grounds for the fans as well. And it's an event, you know, and everybody loves that. And I think they did a great job, too, of upgrading the stadium while still keeping that Charleston charm, which draws everybody in.
0: You know one of the things about playing at home is sometimes it can be challenging i know know, like for us when we go to indian wells there's a lot of people who you know go out of the woodwork for tickets requests and stuff (laughs) for you when you go to charleston you know i know in the past you would like to go there a little early to get all the friends and family stuff kind of out of the way so you could focus on tennis is that how you did it this year
1: yeah i mean it's always tough because it's a quick turnaround so obviously you want to do well in miami um but if, if you don't, then yeah, it's nice to go a few days early, but I won a couple rounds in Miami. So it was definitely a quick transition from the hard courts to the clay. And I mean, ticket requests, that part, you know, you're expecting it, you're ready for it. And I'm more than happy to oblige because look, we went so long without having fans. I'm like, yes, everybody come, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm inviting people. Hi, nice to meet you. want to come see my match? <laughs> the more the merrier at this point.
0: That's good. So, I have two specific memories of all my Charleston trips that stand out. I'm wondering if you can guess. I'm going to give you, I'll I'll tell you, so I have two memories. I'll let you guess one. I'll tell you one. One was when you won the first set in 2019 against the Russian Girl in your first match back. The second one was an off-court memory, and I'm wondering if you can guess it.
1: (laughs) Well, my... Question will be: Is it good or is it bad? It's, it's, is it positive it, it, or negative? It's a positive so a experience,
0: and it took place on Daniel Island.
1: Okay, that's not where I. The one I was going to guess is when I actually got upset off court, and I thought you were going to bring that up. <laughs> when you <laughs> broke a racket and threw it in the <laughs> yeah, lake—is that I one? I <laughs> I thought you were going to say that one. No, but memorable, I think, positive. Yeah, my my first match—I mean, winning there was amazing. Off-court yeah. um, avocado toast somewhere.
0: Close. It's it's when your mom made me a Mexican breakfast. When your mom went to the store and got chorizo and eggs and tortillas uh, and they cooked yeah. me this huge breakfast. That's one of my highlights of all my years on tour, 100%.
1: That, okay, so it was either... Uh, It was either going to be my racket smash off-court or it's going to be Callie's Hot Little Biscuits. Because I know you you really enjoyed those. Well, it's it's so funny (laughs) because people
0: always ask, you know, food recommendations. And I only have so many because I ate so well staying at your mom's house.
1: (laughs) So there was no need to go Uh, anywhere. She had so much fun with that. That's hilarious. (laughs) I'll have to tell her.
0: (laughs) So, Shelby, you know, like you said, this week you're in Asheville where the United States is playing Billie Jean King Cup. Can you kind of explain what a week is like? Because a lot of people just see the matches on the weekend when you guys line up against Ukraine. But what's a week like when you show up? What are the practices like? How are things organized? How do you get the work in within that team environment?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a little different preparation than a normal tournament, but we all come together. We try to help each other out the best we can. So we all arrive on Monday, and matches don't start till Friday. So we have a few days of practice, getting used to the courts, um, and we usually have two blocks of practices a day. So and Kathy will, you know, text us and say who's matching up with who. We kind of try to hit with everybody, get in some singles and doubles, because doubles is super important in this format, and um just get some really good competition with each other on top of that we fill those empty slots obviously we have times for eating that are you know we can eat on site or at the hotel they do a really good job of kind of always having food ready because of the schedules and we have a lot of media obligations um like today we were practicing at 12 we had media at 11. And then after we eat, go back in the afternoon and practice like they're very busy days. But on top of it, it's a lot of fun because we do team dinners. We have game night. We usually do one team activity during the week just to get some, you know, camaraderie, some team bonding going. And actually tonight we have a dinner. We're hosting Ukraine. So we're going to do it all together, which should be really fun.
0: Oh, that's really nice. So when you guys do the, the game nights, are there some people that are more competitive than others?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it obviously depends who's on the team. I've been with a lot of different groups on Team USA, and there are some people that get really competitive. But usually, it's just so much fun. We always end up, you know, tears streaming down our face because we're laughing so hard. Um, Last year, one one of the in the finals, we played spoons. I don't know if you know that game, but it gets intense, and like spoons are flying across the room. So it's definitely a lot of fun. And like I said, it just Makes that bond a little bit better before we get out there to compete and cheer each other on on Friday.
0: And you guys have a support staff that comes with there with the team specifically for you guys: at massage therapist, you know, physio, stringer, doctor, right?
1: Exactly. We have everyone here. Everything we need is pretty much taken care of. We have a bunch of group chats. You know, we have like one for the team, one for medical, one for staff, and. Anything you need, I mean, you just text them and they'll, they'll try to make it happen, but um, we arrived last night, we text the stringer, get our rackets done, then go on site, you know, physio's there if we need it, and then massage therapist after everything to recover as well, so they do a really great job of providing us with those resources and making it as easy as possible to prepare in the, is, in the right way.
0: Is there a little bit of altitude there?
1: 2,100 feet? Does that oh, sound right? right?
0: Yeah, it could be. So, I mean, you know, I to think... be honest, it's actually not too far away from Madrid.
1: Yeah, exactly. So altitude is good yeah, there you go. for Madrid. We are on indoor hard this week, which is which is a change from the clay. But look, we're used to, even if you go hard court to hard court, there's differences in that. So I think the players are really used to adapting in one way or another every single week.
0: And you guys have a team actually where probably at least three, maybe four of you guys can play both events. So there's a lot of options for the captain, you know, if she so chooses.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really solid team we have here. And we have a couple rookies on the team as well. Dez and Asia, it's their first time playing on Team USA. So of course we're gonna make them do their, you know, rookie performance. They have to do some sort of, you know, speech or song in front of everyone just to kind of induct them into the team.
0: Now <laughs> so you had a memorable a one. Fun. You had a memorable rookie I, performance. I did.
1: That's why I'm very adamant about anybody that's a rookie that they have to do it because mine was super embarrassing and I put a lot of effort into it. I yeah, did she- a remix <laughs> Shelby did a rendition of the Fresh Prince,
0: the Fresh Prince in Maui. <laughs> at the team dinner with the Germans, it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, but there were like a hundred people there. These other <laughs> rookies are getting away with just, you know, doing it in front of the team or whatever. And I had a full crowd for that one. I was, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm the ringleader on like, look, you gotta do it because I had to, you know?
0: <laughs> That's unbelievable. Well, Shelb, I know you're running out to practice and I know you got stuff to do. The last thing I wanted to ask you, all right what you at least wanted to mention you were one of the few players on tour that's completed a college degree in its entirety while you've been an active player. how's it to have that feather in your cap and does that help you with your tennis given that your degree is in psychology
1: Oh good question thanks for asking yeah i'm I mean look I'm really proud of myself for completing my degree it was something that when I made the decision to turn pro that I kind of promised myself and my mom you know that i would get my degree and and keep my options open because tennis is very unpredictable you never know what's going to happen um so i i graduated last may and it was amazing because they had a little ceremony for me in cincinnati so i got to do the full cap and gown walk down you know with the song and everything it was get my diploma it was really special but i i it was definitely tough at times but I just tried to you know manage my time the best I could and I think at times it was really helpful for me because I was working towards something off the court so you know if I had tough practices or tough matches I still had something to work towards off the court and I don't want to say distract me but at least keep my brain fresh and, and have a little bit of an outlet outside of tennis. So um, I've tried to do <laughs> I feel like I need to sign up for more classes now to keep <laughs> that train rolling.
0: <laughs> but, you know, mental health has been such a, a big topic in the last couple of years, you know, part, even before really the the onset of the pandemic. But even through that and after that, mental health has mm-hmm. been such a big topic w- with an understanding of, uh, you know, a big part of that via your studies. Has that helped you?
1: Absolutely. I think it's so important, especially for myself to have a balance of Okay, I can work really hard and focus on my tennis for X amount of time a day, but I need, like I said, that outlet or that social time or dinner or even just time to myself to to unwind and be able to do something different, right? And just keep that balance where it's not – you're not getting burned out. You're not mm. focusing on tennis 24-7, Which I mean, yes, you have to put a lot of time into your job, but it's important for me to keep that balance and to stay happy when I'm, I mean, I think everybody, when they're happy, they play better. And if I'm not enjoying my time from week to week on tour and, you know, enjoying who I'm around and seeing friends and, um, you know, making the most of that time, it becomes very difficult and it can be a very miserable time. So you just have to figure out what works best for you. And, and I mean, balance is key for sure.
0: A hundred percent. I couldn't have said it better myself. Shel, I know you got to go to practice in a little bit. Now you're going to go through your routines and get ready and, and, you know, do everything you need to do in order to perform on the court. So I am going to let you go. And I want to thank you for coming on Check the Mark. Much appreciated.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I got to go put on my red, white, and blue, find some, you know, stars and stripes. We got to get the whole, the whole yes. outfit going for get practice. Get those wristbands going,
0: get the, you know, the, <laughs> exactly. the, the face decals. And uh, yeah, fire up that treadmill, get that treadmill going, do the backwards walking uphill, get the knee track going, right?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I am actually, that's why it's funny.
0: <laughs> All right, so have a good one. Good luck, Team USA, let's go.
1: All right, thanks, Mark.
0: Hey, big thanks to Shelby Rogers for coming on the show. I'm Mark Lucero, at Mark Lucero on Twitter, at Mark Lucero on Instagram. Leave me some comments. This has been another episode of Check the Mark. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And again, I'm going to keep trying to do better. I'm going to try to put out regular content, at least when I'm on the road, so that you guys have something to listen to. Let me know what you want to hear. Also, Shelby mentioned Callie's Hot Little Biscuits. Shout out to Callie and her biscuits. They ship around the country. She sent me these for Christmas one year. It was an unbelievable present. They come frozen. You pop them in the oven whenever you want them, and they are delicious. So get yourself some Callie's Hot Little Biscuits sent to wherever you are, and you will not regret it. That's it. Have a good one. Catch you later. I'm out.